You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Why would I show you that, that uh, news clip, that, that video? I show you that because we have been in partnership with, uh, with Mark and Kristen Palms for about four years. And Living Word Chapel has actually, uh, we have actually filled that tank on those planes uh, several times throughout the, the four years. We monthly support them. And so when you give your generosity, you're not only giving it here, you're giving it to people in Papua New Guinea. And I just think that's awesome. Amen? So God is very good. Very good. So we're in a, uh, in a series in the book of Genesis, and we have been learning some foundational things that help us in our understanding of God, our understanding of how God relates to man, and, uh, and who we are as his creation. Um, the first two parts have been, I think, instrumental. If you haven't seen them, I would, I would say to you and encourage you to go to, the, to our website and, and, and watch it online. Um, today we're going to be talking about um, work and rest. It's a winning combination. How many of you would agree with that? Work and rest. We need it, and it's, it's God's way of doing things. So we're going to go to Genesis chapter 2. We're going to look at the first 17 verses, and in that narrative, uh, you're going to learn a lot. We're, together, we're going to learn a lot in just reading the scriptures, and then we're going to uh, break it into some different points that I think will help you to take something away from today's service that will help you not only to, to learn, but to implement, to put it into practice uh, as a child of God. So here's, here's how it starts. Verse 1, if you have your Bibles, you go ahead and go, go there, or your Bible apps, or it's in your outlines or, and on the screen. So the creation of the heavens and earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation so he rested from all his work, and God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. Now, the seventh day is Saturday, okay? Sunday is the first day of the week, so Saturday is the seventh day. Because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Now, we're going to look really intently at, at those first three verses, but all of it has to be looked at in its content, in its context. And verse 4, he's going to go deeper into what he talked about in chapter 1. So chapter 1 is the general account of creation. And he talked in, in, in chapter 1 about God created the heavens and the earth. The word for God there is Elohim, the plurality of God, God being Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But then we're going to find in verse 4 where we're going is he's going to start mentioning God as the Lord God. And Lord God meaning Yahweh 
Elohim or Jehovah Elohim. And Yahweh and uh, Jehovah is the covenant name of God, that he's in covenant with his people. We're going to see that. Verse 4, this is the account of the creation of the heavens and the earth. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth, for the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth. When did the first rain come, if you're a Bible scholar in here? First rain came at the, when the story of Noah, right? And there were, there were no people to cultivate the soil. Instead, springs came up from the ground and watered all the land. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person, or literally a living soul. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man that he had made. And the Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Notice this, that of all the trees that he had created, all the trees that he had made, he only mentions the two in the middle as by name. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Each one of those trees is very important, not only to Adam and to Eve, but to us. Amen? So it, the narrative keeps on going. A river flowed from the land of Eden, watering the garden and then dividing into four branches. The first, first branch, called the Pishon, flowed around the entire land of Havilah. There gold is found. Where gold is found. The gold of that land is exceptionally pure. Aromatic resin and onyx stone are also found there. So it was very, very rich. In that location. The second branch called the Gihon flowed around the entire land of Cush. The third branch called the Tigris flowed east of the land of Asher. The fourth branch is called the Euphrates. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pause right there. I wanna just touch a little bit on it. Notice that God placed Adam, the man, in Eden, which was paradise, and he placed them there to tend to the garden. In other, in other words, he placed them there to work. So work was in place before sin ever came in. And, and when he created everything that he created before sin came, he said, this is very good. So just hold on to that because we're going to talk more about it. But the Lord God warned him, he warned, warned Adam... You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, let's just pause real quick. Let's kind of think about it. Adam didn't know evil at all. All he knew was good. So God didn't want for him to fall into some evil thinking. Are you with me? God wants to take us away from evil thinking. That's why Jesus came. He wants to take us away from that kind of a mentality, okay? He said, uh, if you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Now, that helps us to understand that Adam was in, in, in relationship to God, and Adam was immortal 
as long as he was in relationship to God. He had the tree of life. He could eat from this tree and he could live forever. But what happened, we'll see that in chapter 3, when he sins, he's, he's, put, he's uh, uh, pushed out of the, the, the Garden of Eden and God says, you will surely die. Why? Because he wasn't in relationship with God anymore. So his immortality completely changed. And that helps us to understand us. Without God, we're living in a place of death. But when we receive Jesus, we're born again into his family. Amen? So I, I, from that, I want to talk about the, the benefits of work and the blessing of entering into God's rest. Let's, let's look at the benefits of work first of all. Okay, here's the first takeaway. Work was and is celebrated by God as good. So if any of you are in here and you're thinking, I can't wait till I get to heaven so I don't have to work anymore, I got news for you. Work is good. The, the, the creation account, what we're reading right now, is vital for us to have a healthy or a proper posture to work. Work only becomes burdensome after sin entered the world. Before that sin ever entered the world, work was celebrated. It was celebrated by God and it was celebrated by Adam. So when you dread work, when, when, you, when you really struggle uh, going to work, finding work, uh, it's, it's not God that doesn't want us to work. It's sin that we feel that, that gives us a wrong perspective of what work is supposed to be about. Work is always from God. He wants us to use our hands to be a blessing. He, he wants us to use our, our feet to take us places that we can accomplish his purposes, his goodness, his wonderful grace. And all of these things are very good. Look, look at what, what, what the Bible teaches us in Genesis 131. God looked over all that he had made. When God made something, he worked. Amen. When you make something, beloved, you've got to work. And it says that when he, when he looked over all that he had made, he saw that it was very good. You'll never be able to celebrate the good things God has done in, in you and through you if you do not work to do those things. You've got to allow the Lord to move you out to to do the things that he wants to accomplish through you. And the only way we accomplish that is through work. So tell your neighbor, work is good. So, someone put it like this, and, and it's something that I've used quite a bit. Idle hands are the devil's playground. When, when, you, when you stop doing things that are good, the devil will find you to do things that are evil. If you're not busy doing what God has called you to do, you'll get so bored that you'll begin to do things that the devil wants you to do. I think about Mark Palms and how he has uh, submitted himself to the work of God, and now he flies float planes all over New Guinea so that he can bring the goodness of God to people's lives. That takes work. 
I've been to, to Scottsdale where he's brought people together and he's talked about what the Lord has accomplished in and through the medics and the work that they do over there. And notice what I just said, the work that they do over there and, and how people's lives are being changed for the goodness. But it takes, it takes work. And, and what God wants to do in you, you can never do it without working the things of God. I love the way that, uh, that, that Paul put it for the Ephesians. He said, he said this, we are God's handiwork. Another, another translation says we are God's masterpiece. But I love this translation. We are God's handiwork. Now, now this passage that I'm, that I'm reading right now in Ephesians chapter 2, it's talking about that we're saved by grace and grace alone. And as he finishes the passage, he says, he says this, but, he says, we are God's handiwork. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And those good works that we're supposed to do have been prepared for us in advance by God. Now think with me. This is, this is really amazing. Think with me. Do you not think, do you not think that whenever or before we ever set out to have a campaign where we were going to raise funds to, to do what God has called us to do in the year 2024, do we not think that God had already prepared that for us? Do, do, you, do you not think that, 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 that God, in, in his infinite wisdom, that he said, not only am I going to prepare a work for you to do, I am going to provide the funds for you to do the work. Do, do you not think that, that somehow in God's infinite wisdom, that, that the day that I walked into this church, you know, uh, almost 30 years ago, when I walked into this church, they were not meeting here, meeting in a different place because they were working to build this building. And little did I know when I walked into that church and I thought these people are just too happy. They're, 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 they're having way too much fun. They must have alcohol in the back. There's something going on because I've never seen happy people like this without there being a party like it's 1999. And I found out that they, they were having a party, and it starts with Jesus Christ. And do you not think that God had a plan that he was going to work inside of my heart and inside of my life to repair my marriage, to repair my soul, to repair my family, so that one day, I would be speaking to you about the goodness of God. Do, do you not think that in God's infinite wisdom that he said, I want you to be busy about my business now, James Reese, because you've been busy about the devil's business for 26 years. It's time for you to start working and being busy about my business. Do you, do you not think that God in all of that, in his infinite wisdom and his this amazing work that he does in people, did not think there's going to be a day it's going to happen on a Saturday, James Reese, that you're going to go to the south side of Tucson and you're going to be speaking to a lot of homies about me. And all those guys that are there and all those girls that are there at a memorial service in, the, in, the, in a time of despair are going to hear the good news and many of them are going to come to Jesus Christ. But it takes work. And let me tell you something, beloved, every single one of you, God is doing a good work in you because he's got a future for you. 
He's got a future where you're going to be a blessing to others, and you'll never be a blessing to others until you work the things of God in your life. You see, God wants to do a work in you in your individual life. God wants to do a work in you in your relationships. God wants to do a work in you in your family. God wants to do a work in you in your church. Think about it. I mean, this, this, this card that you have in front of you, it says Easter on it. It says, will you serve? Let me tell you, you don't have to serve. You're privileged to serve. We don't, we don't have to do anything. We're called to do something. And, and if, you, if you just submit to that, your church becomes a better place. If you work in your family, if you work and you raise your kids, that's not easy. You got to work. You got you to raise them from when they're young. You got you to turn off the video games. You got you to turn off the TV. You got to come away from the homies sometimes. You got to come away from all the noise. And you got to actually spend time with your, with your children. And you got to raise them. And that takes work. But it pays off. In the end. You got to do the hard things. You got to speak the hard words. You got to speak this word right here. You got to trust him more than what everybody else is doing. It takes work. So here, here's your second takeaway that, that, uh, that I see right here about the blessing of, uh, of work. The second, or the benefit of work, the second thing is work gives you God-inspired purpose. You have purpose. And that purpose comes from God. Let's really look at 7 and 8, verse 7 and 8. When the Lord God formed the man... From the dust of the ground, so here's dust, here's just dirt, and God worked to form this man. Put arms, put a little bit of biceps, legs, triceps, Eve has to be happy. I'm going to pull Eve from you, bro, son. And he formed him, so he, God, God's working, he formed Formed the man from the dust of the ground, and then he 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 breathed the breath of life. This was just dirt. This was just a clay vessel, and God he breathed the breath of life and, and into the man's nostrils, and the man became something that he never was before. He became living. He became a living soul. He became a person. And, and then, and then so, so the Lord said, okay, I, 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 I made you, a, I made a sculpture, then I, I breathed my life into you, but I'm not done. I'm going to give you purpose because you were not born, you were not created just to take up air. He's, he, right after that, then the Lord God planted a garden. So the Lord worked again. The man didn't do the work. The Lord did. The Lord planted a garden in Eden. And then it says, then he placed the man there that he had made. Why? Because 
He wanted Adam to know that there was purpose for his life. Wherever God has placed you, it's on purpose. Amen? If you think that, you're, that, that where you're at, it's a, it's a waste of your time, it's not. God, God placed you where you're at on purpose. When I think about my life, I, you know, I talk a lot about my life, and that's because I have the microphone. If you had the microphone, you could talk about your own life. Right? But, but I think about God put me wherever. He, I was born in Lordsburg, New Mexico. There was a purpose for it. I was born to, to, to uh, a plumber slash survey engineer, Juan Reese, and then uh, Isela Cello Reese. I was born to them, and then I, they raised me for 18 years. I never went back to Lordsburg. 18 years, I went after that to college. There was purpose in that. And why did I go to Arizona? Why, why did I come to Arizona? Why, why did I come? I ran track at this small uh, college. I went there, went to the mine. I, I, at the mine, I, I, first of all, I went to college. I still have friends from college. We still talk to each other. Ken Thompson, if you're watching Ken, uh, uh, love you, bro. Ken Thompson from Lansing, Michigan, he came. He, he ran track with me. He was a hurdler. Went to Everett High School in Lansing, Michigan. How do I remember that? Because there's purpose in it. It's not wasted time. And we went there, and then I, I came, and, and I got a job at the mine, and I worked at the, at the, at the, at the world's largest underground copper-producing mine the world's largest one. I, I worked there for, for 13 years, and then they shut it down. But can I tell you, those 13 years were not wasted. Every breath that God gave me for, 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 for like eight years, seven or eight years at the mine, I was lost. But God said, I'm not done. I was working underground where there is no light. And God said, I'm going to show you light that you've never seen before. I had this light, but he showed me the light of Jesus. Why? Because there was purpose. And then, and then when, when, when God saved me, and, and I, went, I talked about going to church, and God brought me from the back row. I've got to be careful saying that because something really crazy happened first service in the back row, so I've be real careful. But I was in the back row. At the other place. Didn't even think about this place. But God had a purpose. And that purpose was, I'm going to restore your life, James. I'm going to restore your marriage. And I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you restore people. But it's going to take work. It takes work, beloved. You, you, God has made you for a purpose. I want you to remember this. God has you where you're at on purpose and for a purpose. You're working at a, at, a, at, a, at a Chinese restaurant. You're working at a, you know, uh, at a, um, you're cleaning homes. You're working at a, you know, at, as an engineer. You're working, uh, you're working at a, at a, at a after-school program. You're working as a, as a secretary. You're working, you know, um, I mean, God just, some of you, he's changed you. You were managing a, a, a store, and, and, and then he changed you, and now you're, you're an entrepreneur, and you're doing all kinds of things. And, 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 and you need to know that, that, that your life is purposeful, and he's, he's placed you where you're at for a purpose 
on purpose. And the only time, the only time that there is no purpose in our, in our work is when God is absent. And the only time that, that, that God is absent is when we don't allow him in. So let me say something to you. This is vital. This is, don't leave God at the parking lot at work. You take God into your work. You, you, you allow God to permeate everything you do. And you understand that there's, there's great purpose. This is what Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. Chapter 3, verse 23 and 24. Whatever you do. Whatever you do. Whatever the Lord puts in front of you. Work at it with all of your heart. How many of you go to work and you work hard for a little bit and then you kind of go idle for a little bit or... How many of you, you know, do you, you go work and you work hard all the time? How many of you go to work and you don't even work? I, I used to tell people at the mine, I, at underground, I say, you work harder to get out of work than just doing the job. Just do the job. He says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Not for human masters, not for human bosses. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ that you are serving. Your, your paycheck might be paid by, by the, the name on the company, but it's Christ who's really giving you the reward. It's Christ who's really paying you. And that will change the way that you look at, at, at your job. That will change the way that you look at, at work in general, you're a, you're a difference maker, beloved. You're an impact maker for the glory of God. But you've got to work. You've got to do it for the glory of God. And, and I, I, I was researching and I went to a, uh, to a, to a website, uh, a secular website on, on psychology. What does it do to our minds when we work? And, and uh, there are some very purposeful benefits that people get from, from working. Here, here's, here's one of them. At work, you can build friendships. And you don't know how many people at the mine that are still my friends because we work together. In fact, at the mine, we used to call each other cuate, twin. You're my brother. You can find some stability in rocky times when you go to work. See, the worst thing you can do is quit. The worst thing you can do is quit working. The worst thing you can do is just say, I'm just out of here. I'm done. My life, my life is, is, is horrible. It stinks. I think I'm just going to eat worms. No, you, you, you go there and, and, and when you're going through difficult times, you keep grinding. You keep grinding. You keep working. You keep pushing forward. And you'll see that the Lord will give you stability in those times. Work can also challenge and stretch you intellectually. And you should be. You should be stretched intellectually. You should never do a job that makes you complacent. Continue to grow. Continue to grow. Continue to get better. You know why? Because God wants you to get better. Do not let your mind go idle. Here's the next thing. Work can foster some positivity 
and even help with your self-worth. And let me tell you, so this is vital because when you create things, when you create things, it takes, it takes the work that God has placed in you to create those things. And when you do, you're going to feel better about yourself. Let me, let me give you a couple of, uh, of, of uh, illustrations that will help. Okay. See this stage? See this stage? If you were to be up here, you would see how clean it is. There's not wires all over the place. There's not, there's not, there's not tripping hazards. Can I tell you why? Because of that person right there in the second row, because of Guy, and because of Matt. Where's Matt? Somewhere. He's somewhere. Because they come in and they put every wire, every wire has its place. They are allowing the Lord to, to, to let them not only get self-worth, but to make the place better. That's what every person should be doing wherever you work. It, it fosters positivity. Now, now, everyone loves the last bullet. Work provides funds to help you experience the fun activities that we all enjoy. See, you can say, I want to go to Sedona, or I want to go to Hawaii, or I want to go to Cancun. You can say that all you want, but beloved, let me tell you something. You got to work to make the money. That'll take you to Sedona. That'll take you to Disneyland. That'll take you to Cancun. That'll take you to Hawaii. And I, can I tell you something? When you go there, and you're chilling, and you're kicking back, I wish I had a chair. I don't have, Right? You can say this. You're looking at the beach. You say, uh, you're looking at the, the ocean on the beach. You can say this. I worked hard to enjoy this blessing. Let, let me say something that's important for you guys. There's no shame in God's game. You should never feel bad about the blessings that God gives to us. You, you, should never, you should never let the devil take that from you that you cannot enjoy the blessings of hard work. Are you with me? And I think that a lot of Christians, a lot of Christians do not reap the benefits of hard work. But some of you, I'm, I'm going to speak some truth to you guys right now and gals. You got to start working. You, 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 can't, you cannot let everyone work and you reap their benefits. There's a place that the Apostle Paul said, if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. That's kind of hard, right? Why, why is Paul saying that? Just think about it. If you give everything, if you give people things for free all the time, they'll never find their God identity. They'll never be able to tap into the purpose that God has placed you in this life. You're here so that God can breathe life into you and so that you can bring life out of this breath and make it better for the world. And you'll never do that without working. Here, here's the, the third takeaway, which I think is vital. Uh, work enables us to care for as well as complete what God has entrusted into our hands. 
Ken Matthews, a great scholar in his commentary on Genesis, he wrote this, the, the biblical account portrays God as provider for man's needs. Pause. In other words, we need this, okay? Man's needs, a part of which is the honorable, meaningful labor of tilling the soil. Life without work would not be worthy of human beings. Let me tell you why. Because humans are created in the image of God. God worked. God works. He never stops working. God, God has never stopped working on James Reese. He's still working on me. I am a WIP. I am a work in progress. So he's working and I'm working. He's doing and I'm doing. Why do you think that, that, that the Lord has placed in me a, a, a challenge mentality. I challenge this congregation to go places that we've never gone before. When we went to the Copper Corridor, why are we there? Because God said, go and reach people for Jesus. Why, why do we do the, the things that we do? Why do we, put three, why do we do three services on Easter? Why do we want to reach at least 700 people? Why do we do it? Number one, because they're worth it to God. But number two, if we don't, just think about it. Well, I could say, you know what? We're full. We got one service. It's full. That's good enough. That's good. We don't need no more. No more. More people, more problems. Not you guys. First service. No, think about it. More, 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 more people, more, more, more situations. More. Oh, let's, just, let's just go with one. No, 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 no. God says, I want to reach more people. I want you to love more people. I want you to do more work for more people. How, 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 how good does it feel to complete something you've started? Why, why, does, why does the university give you four years to complete your degree? Hear, hear what they say. You can complete your degree in four years. Right? Why do they do that? Because they don't want you to go on forever. They want you to finish. Because you feel better when you finish. How, how does it feel, you know, what if we came in and, and, and uh, we have an amazing, an amazing uh, uh, custodial service. Uh, Carol Kraft, she's right there. Give Carol a big hand. She's amazing. She's been with us for years. For years. I mean, it looks incredible. But could you imagine, Carol, if you, if you came in and you said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sweep, I'm, I'm going to sweep, you know, and put, bring all the dirt, whatever is left, I'm gonna, and I'm just going to put it right there. It'll be, it'll be fine for next week. No, 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 no. The thing about Carol, she completes a job. You're always going to be better when you complete what God gave you to do. Don't quit. Don't stop. The, 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 great, the great statesman, Winston Churchill, put it like this. Continuous effort, not strength or intelligence, is the key to unlocking your potential. 
Keep going, keep going, keep doing, keep. Don't quit. 2024, I'm going to give you a word for 2024, two words. Don't quit. Complete what God has you to complete. And then you can enter into God's rest. Let's look at the rest of God, the blessing of entering into his rest. Here's, here's the first one. Entering God's rest allows us to celebrate what he's accomplished through us. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you something important, okay? God did not rest because he was tired. God rested because he was finished. Are you with me? God never gets tired. And, and in his rest, this is beautiful, in his rest, he could see what he accomplished. And he could say, this is very good. Beloved, some of you guys don't ever stop. Don't, you don't ever pause from your work to see what God has done through your hands. What God has done through your mind, what God has done through your, through your feet, taking you different places. If you don't stop and, and, and just take a pause and look at what God has done in and through you, you'll miss a blessing. If you're going and 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 you're always going and people say, he's going and going and going and going. I don't, you may make a lot of money, you might get a lot of prestige, but you'll never enjoy the, you will never enjoy the blessing of God. Because he teaches us that when you rest, you find a blessing. You won't find it. You won't find the rest of God in a day. You won't find it in a place. You'll find the rest of God in a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. The reason that this is beneficial for you, beloved, the reason that when you come here and you guys sit, you hear this, this person speak to you or whoever's sitting, uh, standing behind here, the reason it's a blessing to you is not because it's a special day. It's not because it's, a, it's, it's this person. The reason that you can rest is because you find Jesus here. And when you worship him and when you praise him and you give him glory, there's something that happens in your soul. And you reflect on the goodness of God. In fact, I, I, I can tell right now that some of you in here, you're reflecting on the goodness of God. You're pausing enough to say, Lord, thank you for what you did this week. Thank you for what you allowed for me to accomplish. Right? Here, here's the last thing. Finding God's rest is a blessing from above. Scripture helps us. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day, and he de declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. That's beautiful right there. You'll notice the reason that he called it holy is because he rested there. 
Not because it was Saturday, but because he rested there. Saturday is not the important thing. What's important is God rested there. The reason it's holy is because God is there. It, wherever you're at, in whatever moment that you say, Lord Jesus, I need your rest. I need your rest. I need you. Come into this space. He says, I will be there and you will find rest and I will bless you. You could be driving and find rest in Christ. You could be doing something at the house and you say, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to find this place. I'm going to sit. Lord Jesus, meet me here. And you can find rest in Christ. Throughout the week, it could be a Wednesday. It could be a Thursday. It doesn't matter what day it is. It's not the day, it's the person. Think with me. Are there special people in your life? And those people, when they're in your life, do you feel better when they're there than when they're not there? Think with me. Think with me. This is logic. Listen to logic. And you invite for those people to come over. In fact, when you're going to go somewhere, you say, I want them to go with me. Anyone can identify? Who's the greatest person in this life? Jesus. Sometimes we need to say, Lord, I want to get away with you. Lord, I want you to meet me where I'm at. And when we do, he'll bless you. Are you with me? And you'll be better. You'll be better for the next day. You'll, be, you'll even be better for the next moment. When we come out of that, that, that rest in Jesus, when we come out of that rest in Jesus, because see, Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. Martha was busy doing everything. Are you with me? That's another sermon. Oh, yeah. You guys want to stay a couple hours? No, I, I've, really, I've, I've done a lot of work. No, no, no. <laughs> but Mary, Mary, what did she do? She rested at the feet of Jesus for a moment. And when she got up from there, she got up with a blessing. Work hard, but rest in Christ. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord God, for uh, your people. We ask in the name of Jesus that you'll just speak throughout the week about the importance of work, the benefits of work, Lord, as well as the blessing of rest. Lord, for that person here that is tired, for that person that doesn't stop, for that person that their mind doesn't shut down, that doesn't shut off, in this last moment that we're here, Lord, we pause. Take the anxiety away, Lord. Take the anxiousness. Take the... the I've got, to, I've got to do something else. Take that away, Lord. Just a moment, Father, right now of rest is what we seek. We know if we find your rest, 
we'll find the blessing. So as we, as we worship, this is what I want us to do as for the last song. What song, what song do we get, you guys have programmed? What song do we have? Huh? Beautiful name, beautiful. I don't want you guys to stand. I don't want you to stand. I want you to rest. I want you to rest in the presence of the Almighty. Some of you have come in tired. Some of you have come in anxious. Some of you have come in here thinking that you haven't done enough. And sometimes we feel that way even when you've done enough. But as we close our service, may God give you his rest. Let God fill you with his peace. You're in good hands with him. Just sit and be still and know that God is God. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.